What's up? What's up? How how is everyone doing today? Okay, I'm a little nervous and not too drunk. So, how is everyone doing out there? No, my name is Rafael Tamayo. Uh, a quick intro. Welcome to the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. If this is your first time here, please sign up for our newsletter. We do tons of events, galleries, workshops, classes, all kinds of stuff. We're a division of the city of Dallas's Office of Cultural Affairs, so we're here to serve you. We're here for the citizens, we're here for the visitors, and anyone that wants to see something arts and cultural related in this city. So please bug me, hunt us down, hit me by email, by phone, at me, all of that. Um, we love talking to the community, to the people to see you know what's going on and what y'all want to see here. So again, if you're new here, welcome. Welcome. If you're a returning face, welcome again. We love having you here. With that being said, we're really, really excited, beyond excited. Since the Oak Cliff Cultural Center got behind the Decolores Collective, it's been nothing but, you know, taking it to the next level with every single thing that we do. So we're very excited about doing that. Um, and we're here welcoming you to the second edition of our Gray Space Art Show. So welcome. Yay! Give yourselves a round of applause for being here. You made a good choice. And also, I want to give a big shout out to the artist. It's really difficult. I've been here for six years at the Cultural Center, so I understand that it's very difficult and challenging to ask artists to, to you know, take part in a vision that we have and to help us help you all. So for so many artists to come out and say, hey, I want to be a part of this show. I have work that's in line with what the theme is, which this time around was mental health. Um, a big shout out to the artist. So I'll, I'll just go down the list really quick. Huge shout out to Ari Edwards. Woo! Big shot. Yeah, if you're an artist and I shout you out, feel free to wave or hide or say nothing. But no, we do want to acknowledge everyone. So a big shout out. Ari Edwards, Kristen Core, Gary Mason, Jeff Muncy, Lydia Ortiz, Jimmy, Isaiah, Isaias Martinez Jr., a.k.a. Cheech, Lisa Cruz, Ricardo Orozco. As she hides in the corner. <laughs> Ricardo Orozco, Isalina Martinez, Millicent Macena, Reina Flores, Ethan Rios, and Ariana Soto. So a big round of applause to the artist, for real. I was going to say a big round of applause to you, especially because something like mental health is really, really personal. So for you to express yourself and share it with us to really, our, our point here is to normalize it because it is something that's so not talked about, I guess, and it's really necessary. So thank you for for opening your heart and sharing your art with us. We cannot stress that enough. With that being said, I'll hand it off to our wonderful hosts. Round of applause for Eva Arreguin. Hello, welcome everyone to De Colores Radio Live. Wow, thank you all for coming. Gracias a todos por venir. It's so good to see you all. This is episode four. Thanks for joining us and thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and with me is my sidekick, Rafael Tamayo. Hi. Hi. <laughs> if you haven't already figured it out, surprise, we're recording live at our second ever Gray Space Art Show. Centered around mental health. How cool is this? It's nice, right? I think it's it feels comforting to be here all 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 uh, arted. Nope. Arted? Nope. Yeah. That almost sounds like art something. Artsy is like too cliche. I don't want to say artsy because everybody's anyways. So we're really excited to be here and to be able to put on an event with a topic that's so vital to our existence. So we're gonna jump into it. What would you say is your me mood, Rafa? Oh, I've been waiting for this. You have ever He's yes. been ready and I've been Yes, she's about like, I don't know what my meme mood is, I but I don't know if everyone has seen it here or if you're listening, you've seen it. But there's a meme going around where it says you need to fix your attitude or leave. And it's a little boy. He's like with a little hat and everything. He's like chunking up the deuce like, fine, I'm out of here. <laughs> okay, I think I That's me. It. I'm not fixing my attitude. So bye. Yay, you're That's mad. Me. Okay, so I like literally I was stressing about this when he said that I really was. So after much deliberation, I have decided that my me mood is kind of an older one. But it's the one of Chrissy Teigen during the Globes where she's like, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? 
it's, she just looks like she's over it and that's kind of how I've been for since the election probably so now I want to take a minute before we really get started and thank everyone who is here with us today especially the artists that opened up their hearts and created a piece of work of something that is so deeply personal my mental health is a constant battle and so it's always nice to remember that I'm not alone however I really want to make this as positive as we can because it is on such a serious subject so I don't want to bring everybody down but that doesn't mean we can't enjoy ourselves so we have someone really awesome in the building with us today we brought SMU professor of psychology Dr. Michael Lindsay to help us discuss mental health but we don't have too much time because we don't want to you know interrupt the entire art show so let's get into it with our first segment the juice juguito Agua. I don't know what I'm saying. Here we go. Agua de melon yeah. is what I've said before. Don't say that because then I'll get thirsty for agua de melon. We and can we go can't up have... the street and get some real quick. Can we pause the recording? Yeah, see gotta... you guys. Um, alrighty, y'all. So now it's time for our juicy chisme, the juice. And since we don't have much time today, we have to hurry. So I think we should do a timed rapid fire juice segment because once again, this country seems to have gone up in flames this week, right? Like there was too much going on. You kind of have to turn the TV off and just look away because it's just, it's a lot. Except for the Comey trial, I was really glued to and I never thought I would be, but I was sitting there on Twitter like a real millennial just I'm still mad for thing. what they did to the Panthers. So I'm like, whatever. Oh, there you go. It's true. So, <laughs> and so here we go. We're going to do a rapid fire juice and then we're going to get to some more positive juice after that. Are you going to do this for me, Rafa? Yeah, so I'll feed it and then you comment. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you feed it. That I'm sounds too weird, but feed it. Sorry. Feed it. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to shout out topics and then you comment on, on, on how you feel. Like one word, several words? I don't know. Okay, That's just a go. Good, I Let's feel like go. if I say one word, you'll be like, I'm All taking more. Yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> it so. doesn't matter. I talk too much. Let's go ahead. Justin Bieber, Despacito. Okay, this one I will go a long time. <laughs> I knew it. That was a Okay, good. you guys saw the video of him saying like burrito, Dorito while singing it? so disrespectful and unnecessary and it really pissed me off because the song was kind of a jam like you were you didn't want to be into it because it was Justin Bieber but then you were like ooh Luis Fonsi I'm like kind of into it and you're like hips started rolling and then you saw this video of Justin Bieber who's like spat on his fans he's literally garbage and then again he proves it like really we're gonna give you our money you're gonna like burrito Dorito it anyways go on rapid fire right okay so one word Thank you. <laughs> I, I have a side bet with with Pat the Gat on this one. A uh, side bet. <clears throat> yeah, side we can chick. talk about it later. Okay. Not a uh, side chick. <laughs> what? No okay. 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 Pat says no comment. You don't have a side chick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know this. Okay. Cavs versus Warriors. <laughs> That's your that's your word. <laughs> okay. Oh, something came so, up. So um, um I say warriors, but I know the NBA wants to make money, so they're gonna keep making it go as long as they can. You said warriors? I did. And not LeBron James. LeBron James. So I'm I I LeBron and the Cavs are gonna win it all. He's been saying this, but I it's just it's what's gonna happen. I don't even care that He's much. Thank you to the it. one person who agrees with me. But everyone's hey, always ragging on. Word. Come on. Come I'm sorry. On. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Okay. Perfect follow up. Cosby trial. Trash. Guilty. Let's go. Next. <laughs> Comey trials. Oh, Jesus. This whole country's guilty. The government is guilty. Okay. Next. One of, one of my favorites, Amber Rose. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Um, let's see. How do I word this? Just yes. Good for you. <laughs> Greasy? <laughs> kind of greasy, but it looked good, right? The oil's like reflected nicely. Good for her. Like, yes. And last one, Wonder Woman. Yes, also. that one, These are both very powerful. You can't say yes to both okay, of them, though. that one's really cool because, like, as someone who studied film and all of that and, like, wants to be a director, seeing a female director make that and have such success is amazing and necessary, especially at this time in this country. And in a superhero movie. And in a superhero movie, which... Okay. Ooh, we can jump into... Yeah, please. Let's go. So, with that, that's our rapid fire. It wasn't very rapid, but with that, we're going to jump into the next uh, Juicy Juice topic... Which was the freaking Black Panther trailer. Ooh. I'm not, I 
I'm not a superhero movie person. I think there's too many of them, but that one is amazing. I, I mean, I already know it's going to be amazing, but the trailer was amazing. And that was the teaser trailer? Yeah. That wasn't even the full trailer. It doesn't come out until February 8, 2018. So. But we have Thanks, time. Pat, for ruining it's about to my level of excitement. Right? Yeah, well, you have to wait till February 2018 to Debbie see Downer. it. <laughs> Anyways, looks amazing. Gosh. I'm really looking forward <laughs> to it. Okay. Oh, you read the comic books. Wow. Gosh. This is this is Pat. so cool. All right. So let's jump to the next. I'm sorry. Which is um, something I recently started watching. Kind of. I only saw like half of the first episode, so I can't even pretend that I'm like diehard. But I was really excited because I was watching it, and then I saw this street on the show, and I was like, "Hello, I know where you are. I've I've been there a couple times." And for uh, those listening, Jefferson Boulevard. Jefferson. Oh, Cliff, Texas. They, uh, it's Queen of the South, the TV show. It's on Netflix. Uh, they have a new Latina showrunner. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like, you go, you guys, um, or girls, or everybody. Um, so Queen of the South films here in Dallas. And Dallas is really difficult about getting things filmed here. And they keep pushing people out, which is really stupid, especially for all those that are in production. Because it's like, we want this here. We don't want to have to move away to create shows. Um, so Queen of the South is one of the few that is filmed here in Dallas. And so it's kind of funny because I saw an episode and I was like, oh my God, they made this street Mexico. And I was like, okay. This street is Mexico. It is. <laughs> but I was still like, okay, that's weird because it's not Mexico, but sure, I get it now. So it's kind of cool to see that local place here and they have a new Latina showrunner for the next season. So I'm assuming it'll be better as it's a show about, you know, a woman. So That's my mom's nickname, by the way, Queen of the South. It's actually based on the that soap opera yeah. on the book the sud the the reina del sud yes everybody reina del sud based on the book wait pat have you read the book she's read the book she's read she, the book she might have written it too i don't know so the last thing that we're going to discuss for the juice cuz we obviously don't have too much time is something that me and rafa feel very passionately about yes like take a second <laughs> for real cuz this is like my life here that's your whole life like for real i i have i saw i saw mando and cindy in here earlier from coco andre Represent, but he would tell you that this is my life. This so, like, this needs to be spoken with. I thought I knew you, but we only bonded no. about that this week. No, I'm telling you, like, I follow every single account of this. Okay. Can anybody guess what it is? Maybe. It kind of got a little bit of excitement happening this week. A little bit? Little, Christine, little bit. More. Tiny meals. Uh, Everyone's meals? like, you're an idiot, Ralph. <laughs> Are you Why serious? do you love that? Okay, so it, at first, when you first saw it, I know we all were like, that pot is too small. What are you doing? <laughs> but it's so cute. They made little bacons, little tiny bacons, and they make like everything so small. Everything. It's comforting to everything. me. Everything. I feel calm when I watch yeah. music. The music, is, the music like, is so cute. We should get the, we should have gotten the theme song. We should have. <laughs> tiny meals are so sweet. What's your favorite tiny meal? The... The tiny meal tacos, probably. Yeah. Of the tiny They're apple so pie. The, the, the tiny, the tiny McDonald's happy meal. I think because they put the little panda toy, the miniature. Saw, it was yeah. So sweet. That was pretty cool. I really liked that one. Yeah. But tiny meals. And I'm then like, I know you saw the the little hamster eating like the tiny burrito. No. Come uh, on. Yeah, that was like OG. I'm sorry, I'm not OG tiny yeah. meal gal. Sorry, I'm triple OG. So okay, right. chill. <laughs> so tiny meals. So now. Now we're actually going to wrap up the juice and we're going to bring on Dr. Michael Lindsay for our interview. Round of applause. Yeah. All right. And we have a little cute water for you. Speaking of tiny meals, tiny waters. <laughs> Let's that chair makes a lot of noise. I, no, 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 no. It wasn't the chair. I farted. Oh, okay. You're just taking ownership. I'm I had a beer. I had a beer earlier. And Does that do that? Is that yeah. a thing? Yeah. I don't drink beer. Doesn't it? No. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. Dr. Michael Lindsay is in the building. All right. So in the studio with us today here at Grace Space is Dr. Michael Lindsay. Dr. Michael Lindsay has done a numerous amount of incredible things. He is both a lawyer and clinical psychologist, 
as well as an adjunct professor of psychology at Southern Methodist University. He's a past member of the Juvenile Justice Committee of the American Bar Association. That was a mouthful. And the American Psychological Association. Some of his recent publications include The Dropout Epidemic in Dallas County and Cultural Diversity Strategies to Reduce Disproportionate Minority Confinement in Secure Juvenile Detention Facilities, amongst many others. This is just a portion of all his success. Dr. Lindsay, my apologies, we can't fit all your biography, but thank you so much for joining us, and let's give a warm welcome to De Colores Radio Live, Dr. Michael Lindsay. So how are you doing? Good. Good. And where are you from? I'm a Virginian originally. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was thinking you were from, but it wasn't Virginia. <laughs> All right. And when did you realize you wanted to get into psychology work? In uh, high school, I met a sociologist and thought that my study would be in sociology until okay. I found out that sociologist studies groups of people and psychologist studies individuals and okay. I was much more interested in individuals. Interesting. So you knew in high school? Yeah. All right. I thought I did in high school. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to transition a little bit into just direct like mental health discussion uh why do you think or why are the rates for mental health problems greater for marginalized communities Uh, i I do appreciate uh an opportunity to think about some of the questions that you're sharing Uh, there are no easy answers and uh we have sort of a uh, i guess maybe um an experiential gap between where i am in life and where you are i have an email address i have no twitter (laughs) account i'm not on facebook not instagram i'm not linkedin so i mean part of the conversations i have i think are uh with respect to people in general but there may be a disconnect to some extent between where people are who have different experiences where yours happen to be and maybe similar life experiences that I have. And, and, and when you ask, you know, what may be associated with challenges that pose or present mental health issues for people, I'd like to say it's noise. You know, people who have sort of good mental health find quiet time, they find time to be with themselves. And we live in a sort of set of relationships and environment where we're bombarded with information and, and access to other individuals. Mm-hmm. And most folks who sort of have a sense of who they are find time to be private with themselves. Right. So I'd sort of like call it information and relationship overload. Okay. And, and and we'll start there for I like that. I wanted you to keep going. That's interesting. So like you're saying a lot of these people that tend to have, uh, that don't tend to have mental health issues find that time to be alone and really process. Is that correct? Well, not, not, not just finding time to be alone, but I think it's also issues when we say marginalized communities, it's often because people have uh, greater proximity to one another and there's also less time to process relationships having grown up you know sort of in what we'd view as segregated communities mm-hmm. there was always things that you had to do and responsibilities that were associated but there weren't really outlets there was a script that you had but you sort of had to stay within your script and I think that's sort of been exacerbated now because people have all these things they're expected to be and not necessarily with skills on how to do these things mm-hmm. uh, so there's not a, an opportunity to sort of step back and say you know what that's your agenda not mine and I think we adopt lots of agenda. Now, folks who've got resources mm-hmm. can pretty much distance themselves from scripts. They can right. buy time out, but marginalized communities pretty much have to sort of do what's expected. You don't get a chance to sort of cash in your chips for other things, like vacations and times away and and, 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 and going to retreats and going on vacations. Uh, you sort of have to live your life where you are without doing these sort of uh, time outs and right. healthy people find time to do time outs. Makes- Mentally healthy people. Now, the other thing I'd sort of add with that, you know what sort of creates vacations within one zone where there is an opportunity to do sort of like uh, the perks in life is, is being physical. You can burn away stress by exercise. And lots of people who find themselves not being healthy are also not physically active. Because you can lose yourself in, you know, we call this endorphin zone. Anyone who's run sort of gets runners high and it takes you to a place where the body gives natural opiates. You, know, you can sort of buy opiates, but you can sort of get some for free just by exercising. Well, but you, you, can't over, <laughs> you can't overdose on that. Hey, not the natural so. opiates. No, 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 no. You can sort of smile too much, but that's not as much of a problem as sort of needing Guilty. to have sprays put up your nostrils. <laughs> well, I guess this is the first time I might feel like running. I don't know. Um, so can you briefly summarize the greatest threats to marginalized communities in regards to mental health? I think maybe the greatest threats are, uh, uh, again, just sort of like information and relationship overload. I, you know, having worked with my, my sort of background as in child and adolescent psychology, and children are bombarded with parental expectations, mm-hmm. and the parents aren't even dealing with their own issues. So I think what, what sets people up where they come in needing help is really just sort of unrealistic expectations, both generated by 
the important people in their lives and also then with a set of unrealistic expectations. Absolutely. Wow. I feel like you're just like reading my life right now, but you don't even know it. <laughs> so why, why would you say, I know this is like a super obvious question, uh, why must we pay greater attention to and normalize mental health issues? Well, probably because people don't are willing to talk about it. We sort of have this fake conversation that it's okay to be honest and say what your feelings are, but most people aren't interested. You know, right. we, we have some of these bilateral conversations. I'm all about <laughs> uh, You know, and I, I think, you know, if I were calling or having a conversation with what I'd identify as a best friend, mm-hmm. and I said, you wouldn't believe it. I thought I did this first podcast today and it was really exciting. Uh-huh. And I was in, you know, I was with this audience and it wouldn't take long before my best friend would start sharing the things that happened in their life. Of course. So when we have conversations, we have bilateral or trilateral conversations and we rarely have an opportunity where someone says, tell me everything that you want to say and I won't interrupt you and I'll just listen to you exclusively. So we don't have paid ears and that's what psychotherapy is. You pay someone to shut up and listen to you for 50 minutes for you know, six months uh, until you feel better. Right. The other thing that, that I, I, I certainly would suggest in terms of having a healthy relationship with one's network, people clearly can get better when they're faced with a difficulty without seeing a counselor or therapist because you know, you'll get better like a cold. You don't have to take any medication sooner or later the cold runs its course. The thing that, that having a support and in, in a disciplined way allows you to do that if you run into that difficulty or obstacle again you have a roadmap on how to get better so every person who experiences a mental health challenge will get better over time but if you have a subsequent revisit of that difficulty you're sort of stumbling in the dark again trying to find a strategy so we need to take away the stigma of negativism associated with mental health because you know I heard some folks talking about diets during the setup for the program Mm -hmm. so people have chefs and they have personal trainers and they ought to have a therapist or someone who listens to them in a professional way and we go like I like the idea of a chef I like the idea of a trainer but I don't need a therapist well yes we do and we don't need a therapist because we have psychopathology we need a therapist because physicians and counselors know things that we don't know artists know things that we don't know I was asked to sort of have a conversation about the art and my first reaction was I don't want to say what the art means for an artist to come to me and say that's not what I meant (laughs) you know so you you sort of you have to be careful when you when you step into zones with which one is unprepared and and helping ourselves and helping others is often a domain for which we're not prepared and having an expert in that regard is a smart thing to do but we still view it as a stigma you know we quietly look for help while we emphatically insist we don't need help as much as you need medical care and good diets and exercise we need therapists and not therapists we need people that care about us I think therapy has the stigma that something's wrong with us we all need someone who cares about us for sure so would you say within like in the generational uh, excuse me generational gaps what are the differences between like I feel like I don't know maybe it's just me because I talk about it too much but I feel like we're talking about mental health more often now than we used to like back in the day it was like you didn't even speak about it yeah I, I think we, we talk about it faddish we don't I, when I say faddish I mean being a psychologist I when I've got a son who's 27 years old mm-hmm. and if he talked about mental health it just doesn't have any real relationship to what I think is mental health so I think it's sort of what people find on social media and it's sort of the popular thing to say about mental health. I still think it's sort of like an unrealistic conversation about the fact that human beings don't get to actualize and be the best they can be without support and assistance. So we're sort of still in a denial zone with respect to mental health. What is the conversation we should be having or how should we best discuss it or approach it, I guess? Because I guess for us, this is the way we would do it is just, you know, bringing a professional out here and, and seeing what we can do. I would take to continuum. I mean, most people sort of can identify psychology with Sigmund Freud. Freud said everybody was screwed up and everybody needs a therapist. Yeah. And then we sort of get people like Maslow who said that we basically wake up to be better than we were the day before. So most people, when they go to bed at night, if they're struggling with an issue, it sort of feels good when the sun comes up the next day and you think, you know what, I got a chance to do this over. Mm-hmm. So part of what we need to do is accept the fact that we're pretty much screwed as humans. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, mean, yeah. I can agree, <laughs> agree. Yeah, if we stumble in the dark for procreation and survival and the things we do best, we do by instinct. Uh-huh. The things we do best, we do by instinct. And the more we plan, the greater the likelihood that we don't do them in a way which is adaptive for the species. We do them which is adaptive for the moment. Okay. So it takes a great deal so of I need to stop planning. No, I'm just kidding. 
anything. Ah, uh, well, we need to plan differently. Right. And that, you know, have this conversation around intentionality, that we need to be intentional in those kinds of things and those are important conversations, but not ones that we need to stumble into. We need to be sort of strategic and deliberate about them. So mental health itself is pretty broad, but uh, my our main focus, I guess maybe it's just because I personally have these issues and I bring it up to normalize it because when I discovered I had mental health issues, I didn't know anybody that had them. So then I felt like super like abnormal and really lonely. And so I focus a lot on anxiety and depression. Can you describe how they work hand in hand? Yeah, it's a really uh, helpful question. We need to uh, appreciate the fact that uh, depression is comorbid with every other psychopathology that every person experiences. Now, what do I mean by comorbid? If you go in, if we were triaging sort of a nice term, if, if you were in an accident, if there was a car accident, then there were blood, you know, around the places, and you'd say, when medical services come, which person should we attend to first? That's sort of triage. Some people may have blood on them, but they may not be bleeding. It could be the blood of someone else. So in a psychotherapeutic relationship, whenever a person is experiencing a degree of discomfort from a mental health perspective for which they want to speak with a professional, almost every psychopathologist comorbid with depression. It's like they're depressed and what else? So if a person comes in and need help and, and, and the relationship between anxiety, anxiety is sort of a natural phenomenon. When you yawn, it's sort of an anxiety that the body is tired and you need rest. When your stomach growls, you're anxious because you need food. So anxiety is sort of like a signal that the body needs some attention. When the body starts giving instances of anxiety that are related to mental health, when we respond to them in an adaptive way, we diminish the anxiety. When, the, when we don't respond to the anxiety in a helpful way, the body adopts depression as a way of saying, you know what, you're not dealing with the anxiety, we're going to depress you so you don't deal with anything. <laughs> so depression is a consequence of non-responding to anxiety. And that, so when one is like, you know, I feel like crap, it's like, so what am I anxious about? <laughs> Sorry, if, what, if you say, you know, someone says, you, you don't look so good, you know, you don't seem happy. It's like, no, I'm okay. It's like, no, no, something's going on. Then the question is, what am I anxious about? Because depression is comorbid with anxiety. Like uh, yeah, yeah, besties <laughs> in a nasty way. <laughs> in a nasty way. Not good. Not good. <laughs> yeah. So, what would you say? I've heard you mention you don't necessarily need therapy, which I think I love to hear because I know for me it was like, should I go? Should I not? What should I do? Should I go? You know. Yeah. So, uh, what would you say are your best tips for people of color, specifically from lower income communities, to get mental health help? Don't let your friends wear you out with nonsense. You know, because friends and 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 and, and marginalized communities with people of color, there are all these rules about what you should be doing, and we listen to that noise and the people who tell us what we should be doing are not even doing it well themselves. So part of what exists, what's important to mental health. And it's is, like that cycle. That and, and it could be within families. I mean, you know, so you get parents who you can't say no to. So you sort of say, okay, I heard all this stuff. And then we have to ask ourselves what it means to us. You know, there's an ego part of humans that relates to sort of a relation, uh, a conscious world. But there's a part of us and we never really get a chance to meet them, which is our unconscious selves. So we don't really know what runs our psychological engine because our psychological engines are run by our unconscious and we pretty much have access to our conscious selves. And the more we allow people to influence how we behave, it means we're not listening to the system that basically generates who we are. And I've asked, you know, students uh, in psychology classes, abnormal psychology classes, psychopathology classes, it isn't the smartest thing in the world to do, but I, I wonder if you might consider it. When you're alone at home, nobody else is there but you, look in the mirror and see how long you can look into your eyes with comfort. Ooh. <laughs> look, just look into your eyes in the mirror and ask yourself, so, so how we doing? <laughs> you know, who's in there? And people who aren't connected with themselves spend less time connecting when they look at themselves. Interesting. It's a barometer of one's comfort zone. And, and people can often say, you know what? I'll do this later. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to go there right now. Not wanting to go there or not when spending the time means that unconscious part of yourself has an existence that your conscious self isn't really aligned with. They don't have to be good or bad. They just aren't in sync. Right. That's so fascinating. I need a mirror right now. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. exactly, exactly. Oh, there's one behind us. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Um, so how, I kind of briefly touched on this already. How has dealing with mental health changed in recent years? 
I, I think the conversation is certainly that we're much more willing to, to have a conversation about mental health. People are much more open about it and uh, people are willing to say that it's not a bad thing to deal with mental health. So we're moving in the right direction. Uh, there's, I think normalizing the conversation is important. We're not normalizing psychopathology. You know, you suggested and asked if I get better when I don't feel okay. Um, isn't that, or is that an option that's as helpful as maybe having a professional relationship? And I say that, let's say you were hanging out one night and uh, you were at a distant location, you decided not to drive home and you called Uber. So you got home. Then if you were at that location and you had to drive back the next night, when you used Uber, you wouldn't have directions for getting back because you didn't use your own resources to get home. Well, if you don't rely on strategic professional help to get you out of a dark place, when you're in the dark place again, you find your way back to mental health, but you do so in an erratic, uh, energy draining, uh, potentially destructive way. And the destructive ways could be things that we do like self-medicating, we smoke, we drink, uh, we do, all, you know, sort of all the other things that should be on that list that we don't have to enumerate. When you reflect on all the bad things you've done to sort of give yourself comfort, that's what we do when we stumble in the dark. Wait, uh, I'm going to jump in really quick. So um, for a long time, I don't know, I guess wrestling with, with issues or mental health or any of that, like it's, it's difficult or challenging to think of things that you don't know. So you don't know what you don't know. So I feel like a lot of the times people may be stuck. Um, and from personal experience, you can go so long and say, look, for me, this is the way to be. And it, I don't know, you know, I, I never identified what the factors were, whether it was cultural, family, religion, any of that. But you grew up with a sense of this is how things are. It's difficult. It's, it's hard to understand that this is the way it's supposed to be, but you need to suck it up. You need to not cry or you need to not be sad about it or you need to just power through it. So how, like, I don't know, what would you say? It, it's one thing for someone to say, hey, look, something's wrong with me and it's okay to talk about it, whether my outlet is social media or talking to my friends or writing a journal or finding a therapist. But what if there's, you know, there's always that one person or, or individuals that are like stuck and there's really no way for them to know that things are better or they could be better. What would you say? I'd suggest that we uh, engage in a significant paradigm shift within Western culture. It's not true for non-Western cultures, certainly not true for Asian cultures, maybe not for African cultures in Africa, but a Western culture, sort of like Western Europe and the US, we operate from a medical model and it's a deficit model. And that is we try to identify what's wrong with an entity and organization and we fix it. If we now shift to what is really an appropriate consideration from a wellness model, we don't think about health, but wellness. And when, when a person says, you know, I feel like crap, I think things are sort of going crazy, I feel like I'm losing control, the Western medical model says, so find out what's wrong with you and fix it. The wellness model says, let me just sort of find out where am I today, what's important to me, what am I doing, and how are these things in conflict. So if we address issues from a wellness perspective rather than from a deficit pathology perspective, we don't always have to fix what's wrong, we celebrate what's going well. So if we try to fix things that are wrong, as soon as you, it's like guacamole. Well, I'm, I've knocked that problem out of the way. Well, here's the next problem. I knocked that problem out of the way, and there's the next problem. I'm like, well, you know what? Screw my problems. I'm just going to celebrate the fact that I'm alive, that things are important to me. I'm not hurting other people, and the people who are hurting me, I'm going to distance them from the power I've given them in my life. So we can't fix ourselves, but we can celebrate our successes. And there's always something to celebrate. Like facts. Facts. That's like the ultimate mic drop. No, that, that's incredible. So I want to get into a little bit. Do we have enough time? Luis. <laughs> we didn't shout out Luis. Shout out to Luis, our, our, our little He's a cool guy. Here, I like friend. Luis. Luis is a good dude. So I want to uh, talk a little bit about the work you've actually done. You've worked with juveniles, yes. mostly, from what I understand. Yeah, uh, my early career began working with children, adolescents doing psychotherapy. And a lot of part of the career was working with children, well, adolescents who were involved in juvenile justice system. Uh, what is important to me now, having spent time working with kids, is evaluating programs that work with kids. And generally, what I found is I travel around the country. I've had a chance to work in 32 states, oh, about wow. 50 states, and now maybe six international countries. Uh, 
where I sort of raised these issues. What, what you learn in school in the sort of academic relationship is like all of the recent research associated with what works, and that's why you go to school and that's what you want to learn. But unfortunately, many of the programs that provide services for children and families, both adults and children, are economics driven. So they've got to pay the bills, they've got to pay their staff, they've got to you know pay for their rental space. So there is a disconnect between what we know should be done and what we actually do. And you have programs that say, the reason that we're not successful is because you send us bad clients. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding? <laughs> the reason that you're not successful is because you provide bad services. You can't keep people away from good programs. So the, the sort of mantra I have in life now is to teach best practices as an academic at SMU and then as a lawyer and a psychologist to raise legal issues on badly run programs that are basically saying to children and families, this child is in trouble and can't be saved and saying, absolutely not, you're a program that needs to be sued. So my work as an advocate for children and families. I had a kid uh, from Dallas, uh, 16 years old, who probably shouldn't have been in high school because he was basically socially promoted. And we, had, we connected and I was trying to sort of give him some reasons for hanging in there. And he said to me, Mr. Mike, when you go to the big meetings, do you talk to them like you're talking to oh me? My God. And I just hear this kid in my ear all the time saying, Mr. Mike, when you go to the big meetings, do you talk to them like you're talking to us? Wow. And I say to my colleagues, I'm speaking for those kids who don't have a voice. Wow. Thank you for doing that. That's incredible work you do. Wow. Okay. Do you have any new publications or anything we can look forward to from you? The parting words are, it's just really kind of nice to be at this point in my life and to see on a Saturday night, you all are here and you're looking interested and excited and sort of, <laughs> you know, loving life. And uh, there is no such thing as a generation in trouble. It just oh sort of God. is like, I, I, I just wish for you uh, all good things that could happen. I have, you know, sort of like my parting words and some meetings that I've been involved with. And they're like, a lot of people on planet Earth will never meet in our lifetime. We'll live and die and they're like, lots of people who will never see. But as of tonight, I've met you, so you're some of the people who I will meet during my lifetime. Thank you. I feel like I just want to keep talking to you, but I don't think we have that much time. No. But, uh, it was really an honor to have you here, so thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you all. Thank you. And congratulations to the artists. Congratulations. Oh, yes. And just, just to clear up, before you head out of here, we can't find you on social media. <laughs> no, you can do me like call me on my cell phone <laughs> or you can email me. Other than that, I'm a ghost. I mean, you know, oh but you can find me. I'm like SMU in the psychology department. My cell phone number is certainly fine. Texting works. Like I actually do text. <laughs> but be, beyond but you that, said I'm you're a on LinkedIn. <laughs> you said, you, oh, you're not on LinkedIn either? No, no. Nah. It's just too many emails. I don't need, I don't care what, I don't care what people are doing during their day. I really don't care. Every, all the things that people are doing are just not important. I send too many like work anniversary congratulatory yeah, messages yeah, yeah. on LinkedIn. Do you really? Yeah. I've never even used LinkedIn and I hate it. Oh, me neither. <laughs> so you're doing great. You're but if you call great. me, I'll respond, okay? I, I got your number. Right, I will okay. call you when I'm I guess I'm, I'm off stage. No, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Louise, can you tell us how much time we have so I can know how, how much I can talk? For real, because I'm going to go home and write the shit out of my journal. Me too. Sorry, I'm just like... The shit out of your journal? Yes. Frankly, write the shit out? I'm what? You're ahead of schedule. I'm ahead of schedule. Wow. That's like a first. I'm never on time to things, and I've been doing good today. So, self-care corner is our next segment live. I get to tell you how to take care of yourself, maybe. Hopefully, Dr. Michael Lindsay approves of this because I, I he just, just changed my life. He did. I need to like re-listen to the podcast already. Boom. So it is now time for self-care corner. So we've been talking about some different things we do regarding mental health. However, a very important part of self-care that really is key, and I think it goes well with what Dr. Lindsay said about maybe looking at yourself in the mirror and really connecting with yourself or, or the ability to connect with yourself. My self-care corner for this week is to love yourself. And I know that's really broad, um, but loving yourself, it's hard to to do and oftentimes we really have to teach ourselves 
because we're not always told to. So I, I don't feel like I was taught taught to love myself. It's kind of like you just expected it um, or people expected you to love yourself. But I think... Uh, let's see. I've come to realize a lot of my confidence comes from valuing my worth. So my self-care corner for this week is to love yourself. I had a rough week and I had to take time and just write things down that I liked about myself, which I don't think I've really done. I think I did it when I was like a child. So when you're innocent and young, you're like, I'm cute. I don't know. So you just write like simple little things. Um, but I did this last night and I really think it helped me. And I am a journaler. Um, write the shit out of my journal. Sorry, mom. I think I saw you. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Mija. Mija. Oh, I should go to church. Okay. So um, I did. I wrote down things I liked about myself and it was kind of cool because then other things started flowing out of me, I guess. Flowing? <laughs> no, I'm not about to flow. Wait. Please don't make me do this. Do, a round of applause. Should Eva no. and I battle rap? No. Do you see yeah, that? like seven pathetic. people. That's enough Do people to start know? a battle rap. No, is. no, because you you were rapping. She was rapping as a joke. That's why I say that. I literally don't rap as a joke. Rapping is my life. Now just no. <laughs> we'll do it so one day. Anyways, this it's is fine. my self care corner. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I had to remind myself that it was okay to like things about myself. Uh, I burnt some sage. I lit a candle. Put some lavender oil on in my oil diffuser, which I think I talked about on one episode maybe already thank you for listening <laughs> um but write down what you love about yourself and then hopefully you believe it because it's true so that's my self-care corner of the week i just clapped for myself you should that that's what i'm gonna take away Be clap humble. for yourself yes clap yourself clap for yourself clap yourself uh, clap yourself you got gangster real quick <laughs> did i ah. Okay, so I'm really excited for our brown business of the week this week. Last week was the... Not the Colores. Yes, the Colores is the brown business of the week. Where are they? Coco Andre, where are you? They were here earlier. I saw them for a second and they yeah. sent me chocolate and it was amazing and it didn't last very long. Oh yeah, Tali is here. But Tali is here, so thank you to Coco Andre for the delicious chocolates. But our brown business of the week this week is Mika's Custom Draperies. Woo! Which... I, you, I don't know if you've heard of it, but Mika's Custom Draperies is my mom's business. And I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but um, I am not going to cry. But okay, so... You're about to like, make me cry. So Mika's Custom Draperies. Um, my mom, I'm about to tell all your business, so I'm sorry. But my... Yahweh. So my... Stop. My mom came here as an immigrant uh, and she worked several different jobs and wasn't satisfied. So she ended up opening her own business, mini blinds, custom draperies, bedding, everything. And I don't, it's been in business probably longer than I've been in her life. Yeah, it's, it's longer. It's older than me. Um, she's done work for like big people here in Dallas. And, and I, I got the idea because my mom, of course, is like, what can I help you with, Miha? And I'm like, nothing. I got this when I'm like anxious and going crazy. And I'm like, I'm fine. Thank you. And she was like, let me help you with something. And I was like, well, I really want these balloons. <laughs> so those are nice balloons. They're nice balloons. Thanks, they mom. Are. So I really wanted these balloons. And she was like, I got it. And I was like, ooh. Sorry. <laughs> and so then I was like, I got this idea. She's going to get us these balloons. We got business cards for Mika's custom draperies. And I made her our brown business of the week because my mom has owned her own business and has been this, doing this thing. And she's her only employee. And she has my aunt come and help and stuff. But she's been doing it for a long time. And her work is really incredible and it's been in magazines and she gets you know all these all this what's the word I'm looking recognition. for? Recognition? Recognition for it and she just stays there quietly when she's an immigrant from another country that came here and started her own business and is doing incredible work so thank you so much mom for giving me life but also for being an awesome business owner and for these awesome balloons. Humble. <laughs> So if you need to get draped up and dripped out. Ew, that sounds 
weird. That's a good song. Oh, okay. We have business cards up here. And if you're listening, find um, Mika's custom draperies. She has a Facebook, but she's working on it. Okay, so I was afraid that we didn't have time for this, but we actually do. And I'm going to invite, where is he? Gary Mason. Gary Mason. He drove from Oklahoma to come here. Yeah, I saw him earlier. He walked in with some De La Soul Highs. <laughs> Go find the De La Soul Highs and tell him to come in here and we yeah. can start our... Info, Info Rizzo's in here. Kickspo's in the building, so he knows where those De La Highs are. Oh, my God. Where is he? Gary. 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 <laughs> Gary. 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 I'm going to let you have my who you got for the week. But Pat goes first and then Rafa and then Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, since you came from Oklahoma. Now what now what where in Oklahoma? Tulsa. Tulsa. Wow. So not Oklahoma City where right. Kevin Durant used to play. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Chill. You're so mad. Cavs are you, gonna win. Who are you going for? LeBron James. Oh. Yeah, we're not we not gonna get into that. Okay. <laughs> we got another hour. We can Don't we really <laughs> Okay, no, nah, okay, well, I'm gonna put it out there. Okay. I got the I got the Warriors on Monday oh, night. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, but check this out, though. Oh, he's just going to feel but so nah, but good. check this out, though. I want, my, I want my LeBron twos last night, though. Okay, props. I'm in there. Props. <laughs> LeBron, nah, how I'm many saying? LeBron, like, numbers are there in his shoes? I, what is it? Is and how many is it? 14, 14. No, it's like 11? 11? There's 11? Yeah. That's a lot. Can it's I have one? I think it might be more. Can you have one? Like, I want a shoe. Oh. For myself, not a LeBron okay. shoe. Anyways, let's start who you got. Let's not talk about sneakers, because we'll be here for another 10 hours. Yeah, about, All yeah. right, so my who you got, I should have probably done this uh, last time, but I forgot. I got to work with, I got to work the show with Mitski. I did her merch. She's really rad, really cool artist. I think y'all should look her up. Also, Elado Negro, Roberto. He follows us he on did, Instagram, huh? And he, so shout out to Roberto, because he, he does, he has a really cool thing that he's doing with his music scene. He's making me Latin brown and proud. So check him out. Also, Jessica, I met her as well. How many you got? This is my last one. This is my last one. She's got- We're going to change it from who <laughs> you got to how many Pat's got five on it <laughs> she's from South Texas and she's an artist I, she's kind of folk and stuff too and she went on tour with them and um, she's on iTunes and, and Spotify so definitely check out all three of them next Rafa there you go so Decolores is launching a new podcast called Pat's Who You Got <laughs> and it's gonna be just 45 minutes of everybody you should listen honestly, to honestly <laughs> she can fill it she's like my I'll be real quick with mine um, because we were talking about mental health and I so I don't find scary movies scary but wow you're so tough (laughs) I don't have feelings fuck feelings I'm kidding sorry it was a joke bad joke Um, no but the movies that do scare me are like Vanilla Sky and all these weird like mental movies right and so Shutter Island was one of them but then I remember Jesse Reyes has this song called Shutter Island and I remember listening to her anybody that's heard the song that she did I forget what the song's called but she did a song with King Louis from from Chicago and so that kind of put her on the map but she's Canadian Colombian Canadian so she was born to Colombian immigrants from in Canada yeah and so she released an album a couple months ago it's called Kiddo but she's got that song Figures that was Kiddo yes K-I-D-D-O okay not Ghetto Ghetto what's up you call me Ghetto Ghetto oh no 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 Kiddo I don't mean to keep it sorry yeah so she's got that song got the album out uh, it's or it's an EP, but it's really dope um, because she kind of goes all over the place, but still holds it down with some really cool stuff. And her voice is is unique. People will say she might sound like Amy Winehouse, but if you listen, you're like, no, she's sounds like Jesse Reyes. Reyes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm passing my who you got because I I didn't I have lots of who you got, but I'm gonna give it to I got Gary Mason here. One more time, all the way from Oklahoma. here at the show he submitted some work so we have the written work here in the hallway in case y'all Boom. haven't seen it so but go for it okay here. I got two um, music related one any uh, Mac DeMarco fans <laughs> hey Louis. hey check this out all of them are in the front row <laughs> <laughs> they're my friends that's why they're right now <laughs> nah 
but this old dog is an incredible album from beginning to finish. It really puts you in the zone and um like for real, it really it really gets you away of everything. And um I just really love that album. I'm still listening to it to this day. And another And you liked Google. I love Google. I, I that was one of my who you got, so it's working. And that's how yeah, that's how exactly how I found out about <laughs> it. But um the next one is gonna be a little selfish. Uh-oh. It's gonna be a shameless plug about my SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> Are we about nah, to buy check, your mixtape? Nah, but check this out though. No, nah, no, nah, I'm serious. No, nah, I'm not an artist. I just pay attention to a lot that's going on. I bet you won't spit something right now though. Uh-oh. Oh, what's up? You got a beat? <laughs> he does. He really For real? Does. Come on. I'll beatbox. He Come on. No, I'm playing. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I wanted it. Come on. No, I'm playing. You gotta share some with us. No, you came not, from Oklahoma. I know. You can't nah, share. I'm not anything? in the element right now to do okay. that. Okay. Nah, I got I'm, you next. Though. I respect that. Dibs, All right, cool. No, I respect that. I respect Aww, that. Aw, man. No, but <laughs> I was I was ready. Okay. Nah, but uh, nah, but he, my he SoundCloud. So if y'all check out right around this corner, the first set of photos. Those are my photos. The black and white photos. Those are mine. If you pay attention to the Instagram name, it's the same as my SoundCloud. So if y'all go there, I have a lot of playlists for the locals in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I'm at, and there is a lot of talent up there but I feel like they don't get the attention they deserve so y'all can do me a favor and check that out and I really appreciate that's it that's true we really don't hear of things from Tulsa Oklahoma right. <laughs> like they think like they think we all land in cattle but at the same time like we had multiple seasons of first 48 so okay. it's like I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, it's more than landing cattle. I'm telling you that. There we go. So thank you for joining us. No, thank y'all for having me. I didn't, Gary I'm sitting there waiting on seeing my friends coming by. I'm like, they're looking for a Gary Mason. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Bring him to the mic. Thanks for coming. All right. Thanks for coming, Gary. And uh, just just to clarify really quickly, shout out to my boy Info Kickspo in the building again. Shameless plug. There's 14 LeBrons, so uh, not 11. You Google. Huh? Oh, did you? Oh, I didn't hear you. Oh yeah. No, that's all right. I got it. <laughs> all right. So 14. Le- Why are we talking about LeBron so much? Let's just going back. About mental health. Facts. We don't want to offer. Like we don't want to offer alternative facts on our podcast, do we? No. Wait, what? I'm lost. Okay, we're going to wrap up now. So thank you so much for listening and joining us here at De Colores Radio. Huge thanks to Dr. Michael Lindsay for sharing his time and knowledge with us. Thanks to all of you for joining our event. I hope you leave feeling a little better or special because you are. Signing off from the Cultural Center here in Oak Cliff. Don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on social media. Tell everyone you love to follow us and even the ones you don't love at De Colores Co. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at E-V-A-A-R-R-E-G-U-I-N. Rafa at E-K-Z-I-L-E. <laughs> I always have to say it like that. Exile. Exile. Keep talking. We on battle. Keep talking. <laughs> you won already. Like I can't stress that enough. I will recite like a Kanye flow from 08. Like that's what I'll do. So uh, follow us on all social media. Pat at p underscore Aragine a r e g u i n or dang why you got to be so difficult. Pat dot Aragine on Instagram. Yeah. We promise. Pat's to- the coolest of all of us. She is. If you're wondering, so it'll be very difficult to follow her. But when you do, you'll be happy. <laughs> it's worth it. Uh, we promise to keep growing and providing you with hopefully entertaining content and more importantly a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Contact us on any platform or email us at decoloriscollective at gmail.com We have a party after this at RBC and Deep Ellum. We really hope you come out because it's gonna be lit. 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 We love hearing from y'all. Thank you so much again for listening and joining us again next time for Decolores Radio. De, De-, De- Colores Radio.